stuff. So it's like, um, there's a track by the house. So I'm back to couch to 5K. And then I go to the gym in the afternoon during lunch. But I, it's like... I just started yeah. uh, jujitsu not that far long, not that long ago. What belt are you? I'm still a white belt. Okay. It takes like a while. Oh. It's, you know, it's like a serious thing. My mom tried to, this is when we still live in Queens, she tried to get me to take like karate lessons, so my parents took me to like, these like judo championship things, I was like six, and I saw someone get like roundhouse kicked in the face, and I was like, I don't want to do, it was like, no, I'm good. Just like, like you could feel the thud, like I was up close, it was like a total bottom of the foot, connect to the side of the face, like boom. So the kid, the kid got sweet chin music, just like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was more like a Van Dam, like a Van Daminator type deal. Sweet Chin music is straight on. This, no, I'm talking this guy spun. Like, who's the guy in the news that that, that kicked that uh, the anti-abortion guy? Oh boy, who kicked the who kicked the woman's he kicked the woman and he's like, I meant to kick the camera. I'm sorry. You haven't seen that video. Ryan Gosling. No, Scott. Please tell me you've seen this video. No. He's this dude. He's like yelling at this woman. He's like, oh, so if someone. Has a baby and he, uh, blah blah blah, and then this woman's protesting like against against abortion, and then this guy he go he's like he gives her the thumbs up, and he just roundhouse and you see the camera just go, oh man, yo where have you been? That's like a perfect Scott video. What does that mean? Like your humor, all that stuff. Oh, I I have a very very simple humor. Marcus, you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Evers in America podcast, brought to you by movies. And zoodles. Have you ever had zoodles? Those are zucchini noodles. Zucchini noodles. And zoodles and ground turkey in tomato sauce is so good. So, so like, oh my I, god, I'm getting my Joe Rogan on not by accident. Like, so I'm on a ketogenic diet. Awesome. I'm into like all types of low carb <coughs> stuff. It shows. I'm on. I'm on Nootrop. I've lost forty pounds, people, and that's in six weeks. So, if you guys listening to Zebras and podcasts, are yo, I'm trying to get swole. I saw, I saw, I saw Scott. Swole he, or slim? It's two different things. Getting swole is like kind of bigger te- technically, and you're not getting bigger. It's true. I'm just saying. Brolic. If you're trying to get brolic, that's that's get, in the brolic is like in the swole. If you're trying swole. to get jacked, that's you're saying all heavier, bigger. Things. I'm trying to get skinny and jacked. Oh, that's tough. Not I'm doing it. But I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah. So are you squatting you, and benching? Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm not benching. I'm squatting. Oh, benching's good. Yeah. Squatting is the ultimate upper, like overall overall body like exercise. I squat with just a bunch of motherfuckers on my shoulders. Nice. You know, I lift nice. them up. I'm very emotional. Nice. But yeah, I'm all about the zoodles, new tropics, mm-hmm. uh, coconut oil. Mm-hmm. I'm not about Jordan Peterson. Me neither. But that's that's about it. But you know, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, we don't need to become the Joe Rogan podcast. But you ever have thoughts? If you have questions about weight loss you saw me like four months ago I was eating hot Cheetos mixed with sour cream and shit it was it was oh. it was it was funky if you saw me post 2012 you had two types of pork chops three types if we're gonna be technically <laughs> we're gonna be tech technical two on my face a bunch in my in, in, in my belly that so, was the joke yeah no but two you said two types pork of cho- pork chops pork chops no, I know. I was being a joke. Like pork chops one, is two. pork chops is a sideburn, 
And pork chops is a is a pork chop. I was taking the one side burn and making it too. It's like that joke in Lady Bird, like when I got breast implants, she made one bad decision, two decisions, because two breasts. It's a pretty good movie. Um, I saw a movie yesterday, and mm-hmm. I saw a short film today. Nice. I know. I bet I know what. Oh, I know what they both are. Yeah. Before we so listeners, before we recorded this podcast, we were like, "What are we going to talk about?" Have we seen anything new? And then at first I was like, no, not really. Oh, wait, yes, I have. So I, we've, we've seen a couple of new things. So I, I was looking forward to recording this, uh, this episode. So Joe, also known as the Peach Pong. Yes. Just put out a short film yeah. called Blue. Yes. It's really good. It's one of the three movies that I missed at TIFF. And in the last week, I've seen that. Another movie we'll get into. And I just need to see one, one more movie. Um... And I will have seen like everything I wanted to see this year, so it's nice how that worked out. I liked how it was very much his own style of movie. There's no words. Yes. Uh, it's violent, but also not. It's very old school, but also not. Do you remember there was a there was an anime that came out about ten years ago called Metropolis? The, oh yeah, yes. It reminded me of that a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just I'm looking forward to see what he does after this. I'm a fan of that, and I. Her name escapes me, but I'm a fan of that actress because at this point she's in every one of his movies, um, especially the last four. Um, she has an interesting screen presence. Um, like she's really good in Uncle Boo Me. She's yeah. she's even better in Cemetery of Splendor. Like she's re- and like you obviously get like she's not like a trained actress, but then at at this point now, I think she was in Blissfully or so for the last sixteen years she's been acting courtesy of him. So, yeah. And so I'm I we received probably one of our longest emails this week. I'm with it. And I'm gonna read it soon because and I wasn't gonna read it in whole, but the thing is I thought it was so good and so honest and so open mm-hmm. that I decided that we should read it in whole. Okay. But before I wanna do so I do like I like to do a little foreshadowing. I wanna revisit uh Mandy, which we talked about last week's episode. Okay. And just about how, like, for me, the movie was, was someone trying to come to grips with death. It's just in a very strange way. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, when when I lose people, I don't, you know, get all naked and drink vodka and scream on mm-hmm. some... You know, if I ever thought the taxi driver... Not taxi driver. Bad lieutenant smoking crack naked. Yeah. Could go to another place. It actually can by the actor who played Replayed. the other person in that's Bad crazy. Lieutenant. That's a crazy yeah, connection. I do those causal connections, son. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just reading um, because of some things that I want to get into. I was reading this this great book by Simone de Bouvier mm-hmm. called "The Very Easy Death." You know, she was she was a younger youngest person to uh, obtain some really incredible things of philosophy in the early 1900s. And she she worked with John Paul Sartre, and yeah, she's author of many acclaimed works. She's one of the most influential thinkers of her generation. But she also just wrote this very short book about the day by day recounting of her mother's death, mm. and shows the power of compassion when it is allied with acute intelligence. And I was thinking about how Mandy, in some ways, was that director dealing with the loss of his father. Sure. And then I was also thinking about how, like, you know, my it's almost the 20th anniversary of my father passing away. Mm-hmm. And just, like, you know, an end-of-life account that's just, like, 
you know, tell, tells, tells its own sort of story. But then I was also thinking about... Yesterday was my dad's birthday. Man, it's about... It would have been my parents' like 51st anniversary tomorrow. Yeah. So it's just like... The idea to just like... People tell their own stories the only way. Like this is her matter-of-fact story of her mother. But like Mandy is a very unmatter-of-fact story about someone's father. Maybe. Um, and grief, grief, horror is an example. And then I almost gave my friend this copy of Papillon. Mm-hmm. Because it's a wonderful movie. It's a great... I mean, it's a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. There was a great movie with the with with white Steve McQueen, white Steve McQueen, and, and uh, white Dustin and Hoffman. white Dustin Hoffman, and they're remaking this movie. Yeah, I don't know if it's come out yet. No, it's not out yet. Yeah, and I'll, you know, it's about like how do you keep the soul down? I just feel like very sometimes very down these days with all that's going on but I'm also like going through like a really positive phase I'm losing weight I'm in school I'm doing all this I'm working on a score you've like described how I feel I felt guilt a lot because things in some things in my life are going great then there's other things not so much and then I feel guilty about being frustrated down or annoyed knowing that I have all this other good stuff going on in my life so that then then I get frustrated for feeling guilty and I just feel weird for the rest of the day and yeah and that's also like sort of just like what it is to be a person and have guilt and as we as we started recording just received an email so I have three emails should I start from the earliest yes okay this is from Spencer Matthew Seams oh good guy yes sup Marcus and Scott I'm Spencer and Marcus has been on my podcast high and low a Kurosawa podcast. I just started listening, so maybe you guys have discussed this film, but Ava, 2017, by Leah Misius, is one of the best movies I've seen in the last few years. Uh, you never you never ended up seeing it, right? No. Neither did I. M. Tume's been trying to get us to see this movie for a long time. He got us a movie prescript- subscription, and we didn't get to see it yet. So it's hard to find. He says, I can't stop thinking about it because I found it incredibly distressing and upsetting, to the point I don't know if I can watch it again. That's what people say about assholes and Spider-Man 3. Everything in it, to me, works perfectly, portraying a deeply troubled teen and her poor choices. It's vaguely relatable, given my older sister, when she was in high school, ran away three times. It was terrifying, just curious about your thoughts on it. We Unfortunately, we don't have thoughts on it, but we're going to check it out. Yeah, maybe back we will you. have thoughts on uh, it. Have you seen Wanda or Morven Collar? Those are also... Movies about lost women trying to figure things out, and two very highly rated movies yeah. on our list. And and if you want to get even deeper, or depressing, uh, Vagabond, Vagrant, yeah. Vagrant. And yeah, listen to uh, if for those of you who don't listen to High and Low, because like he takes, he really dissects you know Japanese film Kurosawa specifically, takes a film from like a certain year, and then talks about another non Kurosawa Japanese film from that same year. And it, it's a really cool podcast to be on. I know you I know you wrote earlier this week that people are turning Waterworld into a classic, which is yes. which I don't see. I like Waterworld enough, but calling it a classic is another thing. And I guess I'm interested in seeing a forty minute extended cut, but mm-hmm. I prefer the postman. Mm-hmm. Um how did we get there? 
Oh, I mean, I was talking about the High and Low podcast, and then you mentioned right. a tweet. Are we ready to admit that Ran is, is actually like a superior Kurosawa film? Maybe I'm in the dark on that one, where people not. I mean, I understand, like, of his later films, but, like, I thought most people that I know at least like Ren. Like, a while ago, all the theaters were playing it, and even before then, like, it's one of the... Growing up when I was younger, that's one of the Curacao films that I heard about. I mean, it's funny, because, like, that, Rashomon, and Bad Sleepwell are my favorite movies. Oh, man, yeah. But that's just because, like, I'm a weirdo, and I like that sort of shit. Because my mom got me a copy of Rashomon when I was like 19, and she was like, This is how truth works. You know, cause That's a great description. Gave, I mean, she gave me a book. The book, because Rashomon is based off of a book. It's actually two or three stories mixed together. It's basically the idea that there's actually three sides to the story yeah. my, so, my side, your side, and the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and also, as Robert Altman said in the Criterion Collection, it was one of the first films to shoot directly at the sun. Mm. So, and I'm not saying like Akira Kurosawa didn't make a whole bunch of other movies, but um, he made quite a few. Quite a few. And I believe, hopefully, next week or the week after, we're going to have comic artist, artist, and soon to be film producer Ronald Wimberly uh, on. And he's done some art for some of the Zatuichi series for Criterion, mm-hmm. which is super cool. That's awesome. Um, now this this is a very long email from John Lobinger mm-hmm. or is it John Lobinger I think it's Lobinger alright another good dude Scott and Marcus long time listener first time emailer my name is John and I am the host of a podcast film baby film I wish it was film comma baby but <laughs> you know it's a different thing I think it's a reference to that suicide song oh dream right. baby dream I have been listening to you guys ever since I heard Marcus on Wrong Reel many moons ago. I wanted to write for a while to express my appreciation for the podcast and the fine writing over at Pinland Pinland Empire, but I had to write after listening to 74. So that's pretty awesome that people just really liked our episode, you know, with um, with Jared. Jared Gilman. Good guy. And we had some plans for episode 75, but I lost them in my Rolodex. I know... (laughs) I know, like, people wanted us to make movies about, like, diabetes, talk about movies about diabetes, talk about movies about, like, people who made movies later in their life. I'll find the screenshots and we'll do it another time. Um, It says, you guys touched on so many things near and dear. I don't know where to start. I guess first, I just really appreciate the podcast. I like that you guys focus on movies, obviously, but the best moments are when you briefly touch on personal stuff relating to the films. Like Scott discussing grief, horror, and Marcus's pieces piece on shivers. My favorite was during the Hereditary episode, and I don't I don't remember this, but when Scott revealed he was managing a pod, pod, panic attack during the episode, and I I, li- I went back and I was like I I was. Oh okay, I remember obviously recording it. It was like an outside one, but oh, yeah, I was oh. I was having a lot of panic about that movie. And you know, because of the grief. Oh, yeah, you did because, and I was laughing, and that was throwing you off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He says, I immediately sent it to my friend Chris, who actually won't do my podcast because we did a dry run episode and felt so anxious he didn't want to do it again. Don't worry, I have friends that don't even have pretended like they've listened to my podcast. We've we've gotten into that, please. My friends are the worst when it comes to We have so many conversations that you guys can't see about how, like, it's funny, like Dan John Lobin Dan Lobinger John John Lobinger 
uh, Jacob Rivera, many of our fans and friends like know us and support us better than our friends yeah. could yeah. in different ways. Obviously, our friends support or, us. Yeah, in not not ways. to yeah. And shout out to my girlfriend's mom who listens to us. So that that's pretty awesome. Yes, yeah. I, I you know I can get I can have us make all over print sweatsuits. Let me know if people want those. Okay. Do you want to know all over print sweatsuit? Yeah. Okay. Um. Um, specific to this episode 74 which which is my favorite episode so far I loved Mandy and I enjoyed hearing you guys discuss it I did not know about the context of Panos's dad passing and making its way into the grief horror aspect of the film I assumed that was all tangential to the LSD metal aesthetic I saw the film in theaters at Sundance and it blew my doors off you have doors? what are you a transformer? much of Sundance is so over the top soy baby that a lot of the movies Yep, so good, good use. Nice. Are not fun, even when they're very good. Mandy was an exception. The audience was cheering at min- minute 45 when Cage made the dick axe. I mean, that's an important part. And here, here he mentions a conspiracy theory. You guys mentioned the vodka flip-out scene. I have a theory that it was added on the end, perhaps even as a producer note on something, where someone told Panos, you know what this movie needs? More Cage being Cage. Primarily because that scene doesn't look like anything else in the film, mm. and the room looked like it could have been anywhere. I don't know, just a theory. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about the thing I was talking about, uh, how you can like camp out in places. And mm-hmm. he says, Almanstratan is what is what it is called in Sweden. Almanstratan. Someone from Sweden's offended. Mm-hmm. Like you can walk through people's yards, so if there's a lake somewhere, people don't even have to bother making paths or roads, you just cut through their backyard. You can camp for 24 hours on someone's property, although it would be rude without permission as long as you don't steal their shit or break anything. I see you're going to like this. I saw Soderbergh's Solaris late night on HBO as a high schooler dealing with the breakup of First Love. I love that mm. film and I get confused. People don't love it as much as I do. I actually prefer it over the Darkowski one, but I'm in a minority in that I only love Rublev and Mirror, and I find Solaris and Stalker both really hard to stay awake through. Mm. I've tried everything reading the books, watching extras, watching movie theaters. I always fall asleep. It wouldn't be so bad except I love Rublev in the mirror so much that I just can't, that I just want to love SNS, but just can't. What do you think about that response? Well, that's great. Those are two, I mean, uh, you know. Wait, he said Rublev is one of his favorites? Rublev in the mirror. That's interesting. I mean, I I love all, I mean, the mirror is always the movie. That's when people want to get into him. That's my go-to. But if I just if you could sit through Andre Rublev, did I did I, hey, I mean, yeah. Did I mention the part that he said why it was important to that he got into films? No. Oh, because that's really important. This is important to me because I got into films hardcore around the time I quit a pretty destructive substance abuse habit, and so these human touches make this podcast thing worthwhile to me because that was the most incredible sentence I ever got. Because um, you know, look, if there's things you want to talk about in that area, send me a DM. <coughs> Um, Jesse Piemans is my favorite part of Game Night, no question. My for, my first career path was antitrust law. This made me feel good. Scott is absolutely right. One of the places where the U.S. has opened the floodgates in dysregulating American business since Bush too is antitrust. Remember Bork got blocked from the Supreme Court based on overly broad antitrust views? Well, his views would be overly restrictive now. Many industries have been become, become oligarchies, and many big companies are big not because they're competitive, but just because they are big. Many of them buy out smaller companies, sometimes similar to eliminate competition, 
and then regulations are put in place, they tend to actually favor the bigger companies. Duh. Mm. Much of the profits that are being funneled to the richest are being made due to regulatory advantages and rent capture from owning property and not from innovation or developing new technologies, etc. And I'm a, and I'm a corporatist. So I know a little bit about that, but you need to explain a little bit more of that cyber tech, cyberpunk shit to us, man. Because, like, you know, you're a big old corporatist. Like, like, what are you, like, down with those companies that were, like, in a New Rose Hotel? Like, people in, like, super cyber, mm. cyber corporation gangs? Mm. Uh, I don't know which one I am looking forward to more. The Mandy remake starring Mandy Patankin or the Texas Chainsaw Marxist Monthly Podcast. You guys are going to start... It was a little confusing. A different podcast did an episode about Texas Chainsaw Massacre from a Marxist lens, but I do think it would be awesome to start a uh, a podcast about just like movies from a Marxist lens. Uh, our our buddies uh, Sam Geller and Max Geller just started a podcast called Phone Wallet Keys. David Ortiz, which is about uh, Boston Boston sports from from a leftist perspective and I, we hope to have him on sometime mm-hmm. to talk about Boston sports movies uh, thank you for all the hard work and effort you guys put in it is much appreciated in my little corner of the movie fan universe that's great John yeah. if you ever want to have us on the show give us a call baby yeah past guests of Zebras have been guests on Film Baby Film so it's all uh, like good, who? good incestuous like uh, Mr. Kessler and oh no the other one escapes me but yeah so this one is from Brandon Boozer mm-hmm. hey Zebras just wanted to drop a line and let you know that I'm a new listener and we got this like two seconds ago yeah yeah that's great uh, I'm a new listener to the show and have listened to about 20 plus episodes in the nice. past week or so alright really love the format and all the other topics that seem to arise keeping it about film and rap and everything in between Another listener email a while back said the show is kind of like a film therapy session. Jacobo Rivera mm-hmm. said that. Yeah. Oh, also, hi, Doug. You ever saw PCP, Marcus? No. I saw Doug in person uh, last week. What did he say about uh, me calling out his name in every episode? Uh, we actually didn't even get to that. He's a little disoriented. He's been traveling. Him and his wife have been traveling around the world kind of nonstop, so they haven't really been podcasting and that stuff didn't really we did say oh it sucks that Scott couldn't be here where was it he came to my it was like a last minute thing he came to my job uh, I met him for lunch right by my job well I wasn't invited the podcast is over bye <laughs> he's, he's kind of like a film therapy session I have to agree with that given that I don't really have an outlet to talk about film at all anymore so the chill conversation really helps I heard you guys mention Green Street Hooligans on an episode a while back was curious as to what you guys thought about it. It's great. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, along with those other mid-2000 Elijah Wood movies, Oxford Murders, Everything is Illuminated. Have you seen Grand Piano that we talked about a yeah, few right. weeks ago with with Elijah Wood? That I we think that's more him? late. 2000. What, whatever. Because if that, then maybe It's Die Hard on a Piano. Yeah. Uh, word up to Vern. Yeah. I'd give you a follow on Twitter, but I had to give up the social media a few months ago. Anyway, keep it the work. Thanks, Brandon. That's fine. As long as you listen. No, thank you, Brandon. I don't care if you follow us on Twitter. You just sent us an awesome email. Sure. Okay. Let's talk about some movies. You see anything good lately? 
Yeah, I saw unexpectedly. <clears throat> I was able to get tickets to. Um, I'm getting. I have gotten a couple complaints about the coffin. We gotta just try to just like muffle ourselves or something. I'm cutting down on dairy as much as I can. I saw um, the new film by Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, The Favorite, which is it's really good. It's really good. It's not. It's ain't. It ain't nowhere near like Sacred Deer or anything like that. But it's like it's one of those movies, and I saw it with my girlfriend. And not that she's an authority on female opinions in film, but it is nice when there's a female-centric film and a male filmmaker gets it. Hmm. Um, and she kind of co that She loved... I, my girlfriend loved it more than me. Um, I think it's the best use of Emma Stone ever in a movie. Her best performance and, like I said, the best use of, of her. It doesn't, like, rely on her... Oh, she's cute or something like that. Or, the, or she is quirky and it just uses that, that quirkiness. But it, it's essentially about... Real quick, without any spoilers to give anything away, it's just about a manipulative uh, love triangle between uh, Rachel Weisz, uh, Emma Stone, and Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, for those of you who don't know, she was um, kind of the head person in The Lobster. It was her and her husband that ran the resort. That um, she she's a really underrated actress. She's also plays Colin Firth's uh, wife in The King's Speech and all that stuff. And uh, and Rachel Weisz is just great. It it you know now that. You know, three films in a row, Yorgos Lanthimos made this transition of like working with English speaking American actors or English speaking. He's he's made the he's made the transi- transition well. Not a lot of non English speaking directors make that good transition, in my opinion. And he still maintains that like awkward, weird, dried, fucked up humor. Um, like the song good. "Drag On Wave Hoppers." <laughs> yeah. Did you listen to that song I sent yes, you? Yes, I did. The the thing is, I did. It's just hard, just in general. When I hear Dragon, I laugh. It reminds me of college because that's when he was yeah, popping. Yeah, he starts talking about like the knee shape of wearing tight pants. Yeah, that was so yeah. that that had me dying. Yeah. Oh, Dragon. Yeah. I always get him and G Depp confused, and I don't know why. But G really Depp is, is in jail. We talked about this. I know. No, I'm just saying them as them as people. I w- I would like to see a movie about the G Depp story. Yeah, I wonder well, what happens when he gets out of jail. I that would be awesome too because it would be super hip hop because him and Sadat X were in the same jail for for a bit at, at one point. So that so that would be cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sadat X talked about it on an old Combat Jack episode. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I saw a movie too mm-hmm. called Wobble Palace uh-huh. by Ju- Julian. You know, Eugene Cot. Kotli Orenko. Okay. Uh, it's his third movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saskia hit me to it because they went to a summer art program together as teenagers. Okay. And it's about this, like, these two, I guess, millennial hipsters in, and they have an open relationship and they live in downtown LA. It seems like the happy version of the new Regattas movie, almost. Okay. Um, and everything is falling apart as they get closer to the the election. But the fact that the election is happening ha- actually bears little on it, mm-hmm. and it's just watching this relationship deteriorate. Sure. And it's it, there's many different styles, and it's like it's it it has like a it definitely has a feel of the time. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's. A lot of scenes like using iMessages or using actual Tinder or using Uber or, or 
there's a there's a scene where the character takes a survey to see if she's a basic bitch, and <laughs> okay, that's funny. I'm liking this this like to some degree not every movie but like this current Trump era where we're in. I like it's interesting to see these points of view show up in film like what you're talking about low life. You know, there's plenty of uh, American Dharma, Monrovia, Indiana. Yeah, this is this is the lowest of those. This is like an innocuous little story. Mm-hmm. But and but I like that. But the side of this sounds better because of all the movies that I just named. At least this, that's like you mentioned it in passing. It's it's in the background, like it's there, but it's not what the movie's about. It's just like, hey, Trump's president. But anyway, we got all this other stuff going on here. Where's no, all Trump, the other movies? Trump's in? about to. Oh, about but yeah, like on the horizon. Yeah. yeah. So it happens. <coughs> it happens over the weekend of. It's like Halloween, two thousand sixteen. Mm. So it's about to be. Yeah. It's about to go down. Yeah. And the character, he definitely like he's got this like, you know, like hipster. He's got also like the film's also almost about he's got he's bald, mm-hmm. but he has like long hair and he does this weird toupee thing with his hair, and okay. that becomes like a part of the story. Um, I think I might see where that where that's going. What's that? I said I think I might see where that is going. There's some things you you'll laugh. Okay. And I, I Saskia th- believes that we can get him on the podcast. Okay. So that'd be cool. Yeah. I tried to see a bunch of movies at NIF this week, but I got so busy. Yeah. And I just hope the movies I want to see, Shoplifters, um, Cold, 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 Cold War. Cold War. I passed on that at TIFF. I feel so bad. Really? I got tired. I saw, yo... When you see, like, a series of bad movies in a row at TIFF, it drains you. I saw Hold the Dark, and I was like, I'm done for the rest of the day. I don't know why people like this movie. I'm sorry. Is that the Sony Yes, I don't get it. I'm going to watch that on Netflix. No, watch it. Well, especially Netflix, but when that movie was over, I was like, what was the point of that? And I mean that in a negative way. Like, I'm sorry to come come down on a movie so much, but it really is like, what what was that? Um, But, yeah, doing this podcast with you being your friend, I already know... Shop, you're gonna love. You're gonna absolutely love shoplifters. You're really gonna like High Life. Um, yeah, you're gonna enjoy Widows a lot. There's gonna be one scene, and this you you have no idea what I'm talking about. But one scene's gonna annoy you, like it's been annoying me more and more. But overall, you'll what like are, it. But are these movies uh, coming out this year? All of my, uh, Widows is absolutely Widows is coming out in a couple of weeks. Also, I meant to what I, when we were talking about like upset stuff. I tried to watch. Um, a Wrinkle in Time this weekend? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm still weird about dad movies. Well, yeah, like, I was like, you're manipulating me and I'm crying a lot, but what happened? Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that, like, Ava DuVernay used to, like, look up to Medusa and make rap music is yeah. is the fun thing. Where are we at? 31. Okay. Just gotta figure out uh, how to how to keep it going. Well, I um, thank God I had a day off uh, the other day. I didn't have to work Monday, so I spent time. I, I rewatched Low Life. We don't have to get into that. We've talked about it and had the director on the show. But I watched Hunt for the Wilder People two times in a row, what? Uh, back to back. I it had been I, that was one of those movies where I saw it ooh, at this point two years ago, and I only saw it once. Because it's just like, that was really good. There's some movies, the older I get, there are certain movies where I'm like, I don't ever want to see that again. 
I almost feel that way about High Life, but I understand. I think it's clear to me I'll see it again, so we can I can be relevant when you see it and talk about it. But like, we'll do a double that, feature of High Life and Low Life. Okay. Oh man, I, <laughs> two uh, two of my favorite movies from this year. Although I don't know if High Life is coming out this year, but um, yeah, no, uh, the Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People borders on a dad movie kind of, but it's it's even better this this time or like the second and third time time around. Did you ever see um, the guy who directed Hereditary's first movie? I didn't, no. Uh, so I think it's called like Termite Dick Farts Really Work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds like a good name for a band. No, that sounds like a good name a comedian would come up with for a band when he's trying to make a joke about a band's name. <laughs> okay, okay. My turn. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> that's that's enough. I just think it's funny that that dude made Hereditary. You know that <clears throat> you bringing that up reminds me of a couple of things. I guess I think I'm gonna go back and rewatch Hereditary after. So off record after our Mission Impossible uh, e- episode, um, Brit Starna was. Um, no, it was on record. Oh, was it? I just oh, I yeah. felt like we were done. I guess and I want to. We even talked <coughs> about this a little bit on mm-hmm. the Gilman episode. Yeah, no, but now, yeah, I, I've been thinking about it more, and it's like, I'll, I'll, you know, again, again, to be clear, I didn't dislike it, but I Same. guess you're right about. The thing is, because after Tiff, when I was writing stuff daily, I wrote. It was like I'm talking like minutes after I wrote. I mean, I proofread and everything, but then like days after, I reread back. Especially Widows, it was like, Widows is really good, but I was like, oh, I could have been critical about some more things, but then that would have spoiled stuff. But it is true, like, I understand, like, you want to write about something, get traffic to your site, oh, it hasn't come out yet, or whatever, but I, I, I'm definitely more and more about sitting on stuff for, like, just a little bit, a day, you know, at least. But I'm in a weird place, just where film criticism is, just film writing in general, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in, in a weird place with that. I mean, anyway, film so. criticism sucks, but I also just want to say, Hunt for the Wilder People, really wonderful film about family and alternative families. Sure. And it's, and it's sort of sequel, Deadpool 2, was cute as well. Yeah, right. Oh. That definitely, Ricky definitely could have been that kid. He's in both movies. He's a, he's a juvenile delinquent. Or with, I say that with air quotes. I wonder what he's gonna what 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 he's got coming up next. I feel like he'll. he'll I think it's either him or Michael B. Jordan in the role of Superman. Okay. Well, I have to go with Michael B. Jordan just because I know that would annoy people. 
Like I, that's what I, I think things. both of them would annoy people. I think Michael B. Jordan more so. James, You're right. James Gunn is going to direct Suicide Squad probably. Yeah, that, talk his... about a, a steel chair yeah. to the back of your opponent, WCW it's, style. Yeah, and it's funny because Batista's like, please. I saw. The thing is, like, I hope I become friends with Batista Me because too. he seems like just like a loyal dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Who would, who would, you're a comic book guy, who would he play? Um, people have a bunch of arguments. I think oh. Solomon Grundy would be a What's really, he do? What does he do? He's, he's just like a, a horror character under dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are talking about him playing Maximo. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, The Rock is already playing Black Adam, which is a role that, that no offense to Rock, I think. I mean, I just think that Bautista's a better actor. Oh yeah, he is. He like is he can like actually act. I think I actually think he would do a great job as Bane, but I don't know. Man, that because that well that ties into what I've been saying for years. So I always thought Brock Lesnar should have been Bane, but I think Batista is the ultimate package because he can act. I don't. We don't know if Brock Lesnar can actually. He can't act because when he has to be in character at wrestling, he's not very good at that these days anyway. Oh man, I never Batista would have been perfect. Yeah, so th- those are the ones that people are throwing around. Because it, it has to be a big dude. He could sure. be Clayface, but but like that's not like that cool of a character. Sure. Um, him, I know. I remember him th- from the those, cartoon. Those are like the big guys that people are talking about. The DC universe is just comics in general. But he the could DC... also be Bizarro Superman, but I think Henry James Cavill is is not going to be Superman anymore. That damn. That's what I was just going to say. So, Suicide Squad. So that we not there is no more Batman and no Superman. But the DC Universe is still... Ha- it's still obviously because Wonder Woman's happening and Suicide Squad's happening, but it's that, like... There's a Joker movie, but I don't know how it relates that's what I'm to talk- the DC Universe. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, because Jared Leto's still Joker. I don't... Is Ben Affleck not in yeah, the I Batman think movies out. anymore? Yeah, he's out. So, are they going to make another Justice League? They got Wonder Woman 1982 coming out. Yeah. That'll be great. You'll yeah. hate it, but, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know. The first <laughs> one was fine. Yeah. I um, yeah, and now with like the Venom coming out, Venom I movie heard that out was better. But it's than like people said it was, but that was that it's not amazing. I'm sure I'll see it, but it not being connected to Spider Man. But like what little comic stuff I do know, I thought the whole point of the reason why Venom even looks the way he does because it has to do with Spider Man, right? Sort of, not really. It no, because Spider Man in the eighties received this symbiotic uh, web like site suit and that suit was tra- taking over him and he couldn't handle it so he got rid of it and that suit latched onto Venom okay Brock whatever his name is Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar yeah he'd have been a good Venom Eddie Brock um yeah so we'll see I also just sort of like not having connected universes because there's plenty of comic books that are just great, and we don't need like everything connected. That's true. Um, you know, and you, you, me, and Mtume were talking earlier offline about, you know, Chris Evans getting into deeper and deeper like leftist writing mm-hmm. about Donald Trump and all this other stuff and the fear of Nazism. But it's like, what is when is the day that he realized that like Disney's the issue? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like he he still stops the. The the liberal still That's stops true. short of being like, but we need to change the we need to change the machine. That's true, and that's happening on both the left left and the right with fandoms. 
we, we still like love corporations mm. <laughs> we do I'm, I'm guilty of it myself what's your favorite corporation what's my favorite corporation well oh you put me on the spot I guess it'd be some kind of like ah uh, you know what Apple I legit love my phone my phone's dying I'm addicted to it that's not necessarily good no, necessarily, it's not good. Because it's good that you can recognize it. Yeah, also I can recognize that I am beating your ass on words with friends. Look, today was a rough day, and I was just kind of... that. See, I have a weird relationship. I have to play, unless it gets unless I'm like in a meeting. But then when I play in a rush... You do anything in a rush, you play a word, and it's like, oh, god damn. Like, right away you saw a better word you could have played. Um... Yeah, I figured you'd bring that up. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Yeah. I was impressed with your word choices. I'm all, See, I don't even want to... Because I used to hate when people would say the controller's broken. But I'm not getting the best letters. But whatever. I'm losing like a man. Yeah. I ain't mad at Badly. you. Badly. It's not a representation of how... I know. I just... I just... I've been, Sasuke and I have been playing and, and it's just like a... I don't want to. I don't want to play with too many people. Pause, because I just I don't want to get too overwhelmed. Yeah. But having a couple other people, I'm just That's like what you said to me last year when I asked if you wanted to play words with friends. So I'm glad you're on. Yeah, I play two people currently. Sure. So I play well now three. Um, are you gonna see Star Is Born? Yes, uh, possibly Friday. Um, again, I keep getting shit from people who read my review of Vox Lux. On Pinland Empire. And in person. Well, because that's the movie I decided to see over A Star is Born uh, when I went to the festival. Which one's Vox Lux? It's Brady Corbett's new movie with Natalie Portman. Jude Law is kind of in it. Um, it's really good. But uh, I figured it was like, you know what? Vox Lux, I don't know when that'll be coming out. It seems interesting. And it was in a good way. Where Star is Born, that, that ain't going anywhere anytime soon. And I only hear good things from, from different people. Not just like the core audience that people... That you know that a Star Wars born is made for from like various folks like oh it's like really good so uh, I'm 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 curious. I mean I like I liked the Judy Garland one. Mm-hmm. And I watched the other one many years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to watch those first sure. before I get back into it. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Sure. So guys, what should we focus our next few episodes on? We're trying, you know, we're just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, we got good ideas coming up in the pipeline. Um, yeah, we have a couple of solid things working out. Oh yeah. We're we're all spoiler without giving away anything. We are thinking about our hundredth episode. Yeah. And our hundred and first episode. Yeah. And our. 669th episode. There you go. Carlo's gonna be on it. <laughs> Possibly a lot of rain this afternoon with thunderstorms, highs in the mid 80s, and lows about 75 degrees. It's 11:30 a.m. on WFDS. We're from the dark side radio. This is Dave Rock and Reel as we take a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Ross from North. And I want to hear that tune by Redman. Can't wait. That tune a bomb, yo. You got it. Coming from the Dark Side Radio. This is Can't Wait. Woo! Check it out. Yo, yo, yo. Woo! Coming to your dive. Smoking bad, Philly.
police with my niggas from the Hooterville section. And all my niggas from the Weekway section. World is born. Somebody said you make the queen in this motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. We gon' set it off like this. Jersey in the fucking hit ass. Put the dead I'm like, bruh, bruh. Like I had cerebral palsy. My flow's be sweat like all you girls draws be. Crack the bill, spread the food and then the hit ass. Roll it up and then ass. Who chipped it for the tin bag? I roll my blessed with two textures Pick up 50 bags and then I smoke all the extras It's the truth, like fuck when they need proof Don't drop your jaws, I'm fucked through Your daisy dukes Put your fingers up in the air if you're high I walk by, so effort dry I swing a bit and bat an average is half as good as Reggie Jackson's That's why you talk backwards And the church be on some poke on shit like Humphrey You couldn't beat me if you ran with 21 Jump Street Or 90210, fuck it, yo In the movies, I'm the nigga puppet